Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. Um, 2 Peter 1, 5. We've been going through this verse. And it's amazing how much you can pull out of a, a couple a couple verses, especially when it pertains to growing in our faith and growing in the, the revealed, revelatory knowledge of our God. And it says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue. We went over that. If you haven't heard that one, it's everything's online. To virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control. And that's where we are today is self-control. And this was one of these as I was entering it going, oh boy. <laughs> it's, you know, t- self-control, depending on how you view it. I mean, there's a lot of different views of it. But often, if someone comes up to you and says, man, you need self con- more self-control, that's not like a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> right? If you're saying to yourself, man, I need more self-control, that's not like this, oh, <laughs> yes, I need more self-control. This is awesome. It's usually, <sighs> Right? But yet it says to add self-control, and it's adding to the self-control that reveals more and more of the knowledge of God, of who he is, the heart of God. And it works together with all this other list. You know, to add virtue, you got to have self-control. And as you receive knowledge, you have to act upon it, which takes self-control because it means acting some way differently than you're used to, right? So self-control is one of these topics that you have to look at in the context of not just what Peter is saying, but what all of scripture is saying, especially the new Testament, because self-control like God, if we say add virtue, we understand that that virtue, because it's found in our word, the word of God, it's going to be inherently different than a lot of the virtues in the world. Right? If we add knowledge, it's, it's heavenly knowledge. It's godly knowledge. It's biblical knowledge. It's very different than the world. So that makes sense. But then when you hear self-control, you're like, well, everybody, like self-control. Like that's not like, that's not unique to who we are. Right? I mean, people that aren't followers of Jesus exercise self-control. I mean, part of maturing is learning self-control, right? As we grow up, we learn what not to say in certain environments and what to say. Right? Some of us (laughs) may have not learned that. Right? I don't know why I'm pointing at you. (laughs) You just were smiling like, yeah, I got a problem with this. Right, but, but, but often it, it's one of the, so I'm like, all right, Lord, is it more than just don't, 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 or, you know, do, 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 but, but, but what is it? There's something very different about this. And so I want you to, well, first of all, self-control, the root of this means strong and robust, having power over a possessed thing, mastering, controlling, curbing, restraining, controlling oneself. Okay, it's strong in a thing. So it is a picture of how you manage, right, your life. So as we're adding virtue and adding knowledge, says add self-control. So you're managing yourself differently according to the word of God. But there's still something more. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? 
Against there is so much, no such law. There is no, against such there is no law. So here we go again. It's mentioned again. Why is self-control a fruit of the spirit when you already have it without Christ? Why are any of these things mentioned? This is a fruit of the spirit. Meaning without the spirit, what is mentioned here, we don't have. But yet you could look at that message and say, I got every one of those. See, there's something missing. So it's, when it mentions self-control, it's a spirit birth self-control. And this is what we're going to look at today. And so we have to look at the list again. Can you put that list up again, Janelle? And go, yeah. What's the first fruit? Right. I love reading different commentaries because you, you get some good insight. And many of the guys that I read would say, that there's really one primary fruit and the others are an extension of love. Without love, you can't have any of these others. Because what is, because it's really, it's singular fruit. The fruit of the spirit is love. And then love is demonstrated through all the other fruit, but it's still fruit. They're still all to get their hand in hand. And it's just like if you're in love with somebody, there's, there's fruit, but it starts with love. I'm pointing to my wife. <laughs> You see, it started with love, but then it, joy, right? And then peace, because she just calmed me. (laughs) And long-suffering, she needed. (laughs) And she needed kindness and goodness (laughs) and faithfulness, right? But where did it start for both of us? Love. When it's the fruit of the spirit, it starts with love, the spirit, the mind of Christ, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity that lets us know how God thinks, what he wants, his word, who he is. When it is in us, it produces first what? Because God is. You can't produce what you aren't. So. Let's look at self-control. I'm building somewhere. I just, want to, I just want to take us slowly again. We're just thinking of self-control in general. What is the root of self-control? Where does it start? Okay, let's go deeper. Yeah, it's discipline, but why? Why? Why are you exercising self-control Like when you decide to? To change. Okay. Obedience. What? Respect. Respect. Keep going. Desire. Right. You see, self-control is a byproduct of a value system. You you play, what's your favorite sport? Basketball. Basketball, okay. Do you play golf? No. Okay, good. All right. That's it. All right. (laughs) Well, this is actually perfect. So if I said, dude, if you lay off sugar for a week, like none, like none. I'm going to buy you like the most premier basketball that there is. It's all, I'm going to have it engraved. I mean, it's going to be made with like llama skin. I don't know, something <laughs> exotic, <laughs> it, whatever. And it's worth like a lot of money. You don't even have to use it, but you have to stay off sugar for a week. I mean, at some level, I would hope you'd say, okay, I'll try yeah. because you like what basketball. you value it. 
Yes. You value it, right? Now, if I say, dude, if you lay off sugar for a week, I'm going to buy you a brand new set of golf clubs. <laughs> Duh. Right. <laughs> you would be like, hot dog, let's go. See, self-control is reflective of your value system. If anyone wants to lose weight, what's the value driving that? Health. Or you just want your jeans to fit. <laughs> but you see, see, self-control is not just something you exercise with an empty mind, you know? It's, it's based on a value. It's based on something that you desire. And so then the self-control manifests itself around the things that you want. And so you have to say to yourself, no, if I do this, I can't get there. But also self-control says, as much as I want to sit here and watch TV, because I want to lose 50 pounds before my 20-year like, reunion, I'm going to go work out. Instead of picking out the bag of Doritos, I'm going to go eat an apple. <laughs> or dried apples, and it's still the same thing. <laughs> But again, are you seeing, like, self-control is a byproduct, but it's an important product. So now, do you see, when we are looking at self-control, it has to be viewed in the context of all the fruit of the Spirit, because self-control is a byproduct of love, and it's the transforming love of God. It's the love that is revealed to us through his spirit, through his word. And as we are transformed by love, it changes our value system. And we exercise now our free will according to what matters to God, not us. Is that making sense? So it's a gift. It's a fruit. And you're not producing self-control. It's, it's a fruit that manifests itself because love has manifested itself. And then when you're in love and when you receive love, you love back and you willingly say, okay, I don't want to do this anymore or I want to do this. Self-control is just looked at too much like don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Some of us have been introduced to our faith by a list of don'ts. And as a child, I was really good at mastering the don'ts, but I had no value system driving that. My only value system was, I don't want to get in trouble. Right, mom? Was I good at it? Did all the teachers say I was a good kid? <laughs> what? That's why I was an actor. <laughs> God used that gift. All right, so, we're, I don't want to skip over anything. Okay, there we go. I want you to see what this looks like. I want you to see what real Holy Spirit self-control looks like. In 1 Corinthians nine nineteen, it says this. For though I am free from all men... I have made myself a servant to all that I might what? Are you seeing the value system? Are you seeing self-control? 
Though I am free and can do whatever I want, though I am free to do, I am under no man. I have made myself a servant, controlling myself in a way that brings me into people's homes, brings me into social situations, brings me into friendships, brings me in the neighborhood in a way that says, I'm going to be a servant so that I can what? Win them. You don't have that if you don't love the person in front of you or next to you. The only thing that can create a true sense of love that is so passionate about the people around you that you may know or not know is the spirit of God. That you desire nothing else than to introduce them to a loving God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He didn't have to. Though I am free, I make myself a servant. Let's keep going. Now watch this. And to the Jews, I become as a Jew. He spent so much time trying to eradicate the system and mindset of law out of the church. But yet when he went into a, a, wherever he was, into a community that did not have Christ, that were not the church, he became as them. And you know how he felt about legalism. You know how he felt about the law. He had been freed from the law. But yet as he went in, he said this, and to the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might win Jews. Not argue with them, rail against them, show them how they're wrong. He didn't go in and say, I went into the Jews and debated so that I could win an argument. No, love doesn't do that. That's self-control. What else does he say? To those who are under the law is under the law that I might win those who were under the law to those who were without law as without law, not being without law, law toward God, but under law towards Christ outside the gospel, outside the gospel and the knowledge of Christ. He goes that I might win those who are without law. The law that comes as we receive Jesus. The law that the spirit sparks within us. It says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind and soul, and then love your neighbor as yourself. You see the spirit of God creates the fruit in us so that we could do this. And so he went in and said, I became like them that I might win those who are without law to the weak. I become as weak. How fun does that sound? We love to flex our muscles. We love to flex our intellectual superiority or our theological superiority. We love that at some level. But for the weak, I become weak that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all men that I might by all means save what? May not win them all. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker of it with you. You experience the gospel as you bring the gospel. But what is he saying here? Do you see? He went into these pockets of people. And he didn't go in there with, I got all the answers. And he did. I got this. He exercised self-control out of a heart for love. And he went in and he changed his approach. He never sinned. He's not saying that. He wasn't of the world, right? But yet he changed 
how he spoke. He listened. He listened. And with those who are weak, and I, I guarantee those who are weak in our lives, would they, maybe they frustrate you? Anybody? You get so frustrated. But because he loved these people, whatever their weakness was, and it was probably an intellectual weakness or a spiritual weakness, he dealt with it. He had patience with it so that some of them might be saved, meaning he had to listen and control Are you seeing this? This is what self-control looks like when it's birthed by the Spirit of God. And as we love the Lord first, see, he's going to deal with us first. There's this aspect of our life, our faith, and then this aspect. This aspect of self-control says, I want to love you, Lord. And if there's something I was doing that was making her upset, I would stop. Why? Because I loved her. Same here. But if you don't understand or have the love of God revealed, this becomes a source of condemnation. And you're just stopping something to not get in trouble because you think that you're one step away from losing your salvation or losing your relationship. And that's a horrible way to live. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit will always promote love first so that the fruit fo- other fruit follows. Okay? And as we do this here, we do this. We pick and choose this. If they aren't operating in a way that we don't like, we'll dismiss it. Even worse, some of us go in and bring the gospel, but because we're not listening, we are missing the person completely. Paul said, I'm becoming like them so I can understand them and hear them. Hear them. A lot of us don't want to hear. We just want to bring. Who, who, who's ever been part of a bad sales job? They ain't listening to you and you know it. They're just waiting. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but I got an answer. I got an answer. I got an answer. You feel missed. I've been around people that have served up the gospel like this. They are missing the person completely and it's grievous. Well, here's the band-aid. Here's the end, but you're not hearing, you're not hearing me. It takes self-control and self-control is needed when you're around people that are pushing your buttons, that they'll believe as you do. See, Jesus walked amongst the people. Jesus saw Zacchaeus and everyone else hated him. And he says, he didn't preach to him. He said, hey, let's go have dinner. He had all the authority in the world, didn't he? What did he say? Let's have dinner. Let's think about the the social group that most drives you out of your mind right now that you hear their rhetoric, you hear their platform, you hear whatever it is. And you're like, Oh, they're ruining everything. And I want to tell them to their first. How about, Hey, you want to have dinner? How much self-control does that take? What's birthing that? 
you'll see them through the eyes of Christ and say he loves them. And their life is fractured and falling apart because they are not held together by the love of God. And they are doing whatever it takes to find a sense of wholeness and fullness in life. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. Zacchaeus didn't know. But when he dined with Jesus face to face, as others scoffed, his life was changed. Paul went in with a plan. He wasn't just hanging out with the Jews just to hang out. He had a plan. He was driven by the gospel. He was driven to bring the love of Christ to all. You see, that's how, as the spirit of God begins to grow in you, that fruit of love creates everything else. So how are you literally looking at your neighbor? Are we isolating ourselves? Are we turning ourselves off? Are we ignoring people? Are we like this because these people drive me out of my ever-living mind? That's not Jesus. If anything, Jesus had harsh words for the religious. So again, self-control of the spirit is a totally different beast. And so I'd ask you again. How is the fruit of love? Because that's where it starts. How is the fruit of love? Because if you have Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit, you have the fruit. And it's naturally produced. But we have to understand That as virtue is given, as knowledge is given, see, the self-control is birthed out of a love here because we have received the love of the Father. And then we understand it at such a level that everyone is worth loving. Everyone. For God so... One more time. For God so... See, all of us know the scripture, even if you're a believer or not. Just one of those, you see it everywhere. For God so what? He sent his only begotten son so that none would perish. God is love. He does not desire any to perish. So he gave the avenue and it was produced out of his love. And so as we are carrying the gospel in his spirit, as we bring the good news, if it's not served, first of all, on the platter of love, which means self-control has to say, I want to just rip you a new one right now. But I love you, brother. It's just because you're right here. I won't use you as an example. That's my daughter. (laughs) Is this making sense? We try to give them something that they're not asking for. (laughs) And they're like, what is this? You're not even listening to me. It's like saying you love steak and here's some kale. Right? I can use a whole, I want to go off on that for a while. That's kind of fun. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or self-controlled in all things. Now they do it to, to obtain a perishable crown but we for an imperishable crown. Speaking of the the rewards in heaven that you receive for the work that's been done. So our race isn't just about saying no to this excess and no to that. It's a part of it because as we become more and more 
Christ-like and more and more righteous and follow his commands that are the ways for life. See, our heart changes and the real work is what we do with what we have. And so we're temperate in all things, meaning we don't bring our temper somewhere. We don't bring our, just our political opinion somewhere because that doesn't matter in the end. Because there's only one kingdom that's eternal and it's a kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so our job isn't bringing the gospel to just Republicans or Democrats. It's to human beings that God loves. And that takes self-control. It takes self-control to love. Amen on that. Just regular, like in life. It takes a lot of self-control in our daughters. But we love them. I'm totally kidding, babe. Just seeing if you're paying attention. <laughs> I want to show you something. Second Timothy 3. But know this, watch this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men, what's the first thing? What's the first fruit of the Spirit? What's the first fruit of this list that he is about to just give us? Lovers of what? And all of us without Christ are operating in a self-love and our self-control is around that self-love. It's self-serving. And Jesus breaks that because he says to lose your life is gain. To lose your life is gain. And to lose your life means you come as a servant and you love the unlovable because everybody is lovable in the kingdom of God. They don't need opinions. They need God's heart. And so he goes on with this list. Now it goes what? Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving. Now this is how you are to other people. Unloving, unforgiving, slanderers. And look how he finishes it. Without what? You see? There's no self-control in regards to how they treat other people. That's a product of loving yourself and yourself only. You won't forgive. You'll slander. Unkind, unloving. The spirit of God changes all of that. And he's kind of talking to the church. Despisers of good, brutal, traitors, headstrong, haughty, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. Meaning these people are in the church because in another passage he says, don't isolate yourself from the world. It's those in the church behaving like this because they're not one of you. But those outside the church, yes, how are they going to hear the truth unless you are out there? Loving them, that's what sets us apart. Therefore, I run with uncertainty, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body. Here we go again. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself should be disqualified from the prize, from the crown. Why? Because preaching ain't meaning you're living it. Preaching does not mean you're, does not mean I'm living it. I have to work this out also. This is what he understood is that he had to constantly pull himself in 
according to the love of God and what he wanted to be a servant of God. He wasn't acting like he was perfect. It's a process. And it's when people push your buttons the most that you have to say, I love you. But that's what the spirit of God does. And we have to give him room. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies what? What? Think that takes self-control? Does that mean just not getting drunk? Just not lying? See, it's more than that. It's living as a sacrifice, meaning God, help control my instincts to please you in all that I do, meaning as I reach others and love others and see others, I am a living sacrifice. Everywhere Jesus went before he was crucified was a living sacrifice. It said, he even said, I only speak what the Father tells me to speak. He was a living sacrifice, a vessel for the love of God. And that takes self-control because we still have flesh in us. But yet when we say living sacrifice, it's not all inward. Lord, help me see those I come into contact with in a way that you would see them. And that doesn't mean just shoving the gospel in their face. It means listening. They might not even need the gospel the first time. They may just need to be heard. Listen like Jesus. Listen like Jesus. That takes a lot of self-control. Do not be a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. So Paul's not saying conform to this world and be of the world as it is in terms of their value system. It's you go into it bringing your value system and that value system is dictated by the spirit of God. Because you cannot, attacking a behavior ain't going to do it. God creates the new value system. So we have to get to the heart or else we're just trying to just manage behavior. And that is not what Christ is after. But yet so often Christians as a community have just harbored on the behavior and missed the heart. And again, Zacchaeus had a value change because he met the savior. And from that value change, he gave back four times what he took. Did he tell him to do that? Nope. If you want to come up. So hopefully this is making sense. This is something that we have to look at in ourselves and it has to start with love and say, all right, Lord, because some of us may never heard this type of self-control. We actually enjoy debate. We actually enjoy being angry. We actually enjoy minimizing people in terms of what they believe politically or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? We marginalize people. We do all. Jesus didn't do that. He came to the marginalized, didn't he? And we have to remember, guys, it all starts with Jesus. He was the example, right? Do we, are we all followers of Jesus? <laughs> And if not, that's okay. You'll get there. But I want to read to you an example, another example, that I think points to an incredible display of self-control. In Matthew 25, 27, 35, it says this. Then they crucified him and divided his garments 
Casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there. And they put up over his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews, mocking him. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another in the left. He, they put him right, him right in the center of them. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. Ha, 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 ha. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and elders said, he saved others himself. He cannot save. You see, if he is the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. But that ain't happening. Ha, 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 ha. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if we will, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. Guys, does that take self-control? Not only was he in the most excruciating pain the human body can imagine, he was being mocked. And he says, forgive them, for they know not what they, what? They did not have understanding. And yet he died for those people that were mocking him, insulting him, reveling in his agony. Love kept him on the cross. Love was the value system. He exercised self-control because at any time he could have come off the cross and said, okay, you yes, here I am. I'm doing it. But he did not because this is what was needed to reconcile the world to himself. So let's remember that next time someone agitates you. Are we withhold forgiveness? See, love is the value. That's how God changes our hearts. Amen. Amen. The deep stuff. But it's awesome. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, thank you. Saying thank you just seems like it's not even enough. But Lord, your goodness and your faithfulness is just beyond what I can even imagine. Lord, that you are here with us through your spirit, through your word within us. Lord, declaring your love and your mercy and your grace. Lord, that you have put in us the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. Lord, that you are present within us. Lord, though we don't deserve it. And though, yes, we may scoff and mock. Lord, and and walk in faithlessness. Lord, you have patience and perseverance and joy and peace. Because you love us. Lord, those that have been estranged. Lord, those that have separated themselves from your love. I pray that your love would restore all that was lost today. That first and foremost, they would receive the knowledge of your love for them. Lord, help all of us right now to break out of a routine, out of a system of belief. And just, Lord, I pray that we could radically change us by your love because that is what is needed to reach this community, our families, our coworkers. Lord, we need you. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need the, the fruit that is within us, Lord. We need it, Lord. Help us get out of the way so it can grow. 
But Lord, we give you all honor, all glory, all praise because you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. That's Russ, F-A-I-L-L-A-C-I dot com. Thanks for listening. And remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.